Welcome to Midnight Conversations. My name's Anandin Ambikaraja. Hi, Anandin Ambikaraja. My name is Stephen Banos. <laughs> Stop yeah. laughing. Welcome, Stephen. How are you going? <laughs> I'm doing very well. Um, it's really good, good to see you again after all this time. Like. Likewise, likewise. It's been it's been a while. It's been a while. Have yeah. you been you've been well? You look well. You look tired, but well. I'm tired. Been a busy day. Yeah. Life is busy. Yeah. That's how it's how it's meant to be. Well, life, life is busy. You look very well as well. That's right. okay. Yeah, I mean I, I I guess so. I've been running a lot since we last spoke. I um uh des- I've decided to do a marathon. That's a new update in my life. Wow. Canberra okay. Marathon. And I've been, I've realized very quickly, it's more enjoyable to tell people you're about to run a marathon than it is to actually train for the marathon. <laughs> but um, well, I, I'm enjoying telling people. <laughs> for the record, I, I'm not, I'm not impressed yet. Oh, really? I, well, I, I no, want to see the results fine. first. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> well, it's actually a friend of mine was running towards uh, with the goal of doing a marathon, and then they did a half marathon towards the end of last year, mm. like sort of put their foot in a pothole and fell over Ooh. and it was like 10 Ks in and decided to keep running, got a scan later, found out that they had a fractured heel. And oh. so it, they, they were just lost all motivation to run. So I was like, Oh, I'll run a marathon with you. It can't be too hard. Wow. And then that was many months ago. And then training is, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just, it, it, he's now got the motivation to run. And so I'm questioning why am I doing this and what is life about? <laughs> is it <laughs> well, is it really necessary for me to continue this? <laughs> so. Well, what, what, what life's about, Adidon, is uh, taking risks. Mm. And when you put yourself out there and, and take risks, things can happen. And that's yes. my segue into what we're talking about today, actually. <laughs> it's about risk taking. Yeah. It's about... It's it is about to some extent isn't pursuing it? your dreams at at the uh, mm-hmm. at the expense of your health and safety, in a way. Yeah, well, I, well, I guess so. It's it's um it's a it's a good attempt at a segue, <laughs> but I'd argue that it, I'd argue that the topic is a bit more specific, focused on celebrities or people who are famous. It's about it's about the Twenty Seven Club, and I, I came up with this. Uh, article as a suggestion because a friend of mine was turning 28 and so mm-hmm. i was like well every, every, i think in the days leading up to him turning 28 i was like i you know, hope you make it it'll, it'll <laughs> be okay just you know keep on keep. and then you know i messaged him once and then he didn't respond for a day in the group chat and i was like oh no has anyone <laughs> has anyone checked on him is he all right and so it, it got me thinking of what where did this phenomena of the 27 club come from and and what is the uh, scientific basis for it but before we get into that what's what's your understanding of the 27 club and and what's your exposure to it um well i i grew up uh you know fully intending to be part of that and uh it was sort of my dream uh look, looking at the greats why, like Jim, Jimi Hendrix and <laughs> it doesn't surprise Kurt me Cobain as being like these these guys lived I'm talking when yeah. I was 14 and to me 27 was mm. old so I was like yeah I hit 27 mm, okay. that's a good life I've lived by then and I'll be famous yeah. I'll just be like I'll have spent the last seven years of my life sleeping on couches around the world and like playing guitar to hundreds of thousands of people um these are mm. fun dreams to have as a kid um okay. yeah so joining the 27 club to me wasn't about death it was about it was about being awesome 
Oh, I see. Yeah. And see, I think you should have led that sort of uh, monologue <laughs> with, I mean, with, with the, the focus being on fame rather than the death side of things. They, they go hand in hand, though. Ultimately, it's about death. But I wasn't thinking about it that way. <laughs> yeah, right. So you'd like to live a fast, uh, a fast life that um, uh, ends quick, rather live- than a, a slow burning uh, life, I guess. Live that, hard and fast. Goal, that was ambitions. Yeah, that's it. That was fourteen-year-old Steve with his uh, long hair and his uh, yeah. terrible attempt at facial hair. Well, I was interested to know, because, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, I'd argue it's still there, but <laughs> we'll come back to that question. <laughs> but I was interested to know, because, uh, yeah, I know you played guitar most of your life, and so I, w- I had imagined that you would be more familiar with some of the people who are listed in the 27 Club than I. The main people I know are Jimi Hendrix and then Amy Winehouse. And mm. so this article uh, actually mentions Amy Winehouse as being... So one of the reasons why the 27 Club or the theory of the 27 Club being that um, the risk of death by famous, typically musicians, but I think it's not restricted to musicians. It could be artists broadly or actors is more likely to occur at 27 than other ages. And so uh, the introduction of this paper talks about the rock and roll lifestyle that Steve wanted to live, excessive drinking, psychoactive drugs. I mean, re- arguably, you do all these things, it's just without the fame and money. <laughs> <laughs> all the drugs, mum. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, right, right, right but you don't play they, the music. Yeah. I, I'd love for you to run us through what, what, they, what they really looked at here. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It's, I, I think it's fascinating. And, and uh, it's it sort of full not full circle but it, it does circle back to one of our first papers that we did which looked at um this sort of special issue topic in the bmj which uses science in the scientific framework to answer humorous questions in a very rigorous way and so um the the question that they're seeking to address is whether people who are famous are more likely to die at the age of 27 than not some explanations they propose is that if they're uh, famous, they're more likely to have an increased risk of death and accidental overdose. Um, uh, and if they're famous in their early 20s, the risk peaks a few years later. Um, the other explanation that they propose prior to doing their study is that perhaps joining the 27 Club is attractive to musicians, such as Stephen, mm-hmm. um, and wanting to be more famous, either consciously or subconsciously, and hence their risky behavior peaks around the age of 27. Um, and the other one is that it's possibly a confirmation bias. So uh, the fact that it just exists by chance. And when someone of notoriety dies at 27, we remember the phenomena that may be the 27 Club and say, oh, well, look, that's proof of its existence. But rather than uh, relying on this, these researchers um, studied this phenomena by they sampled uh, a series of UK musicians or it was famous musicians who'd had a number one album in the UK charts uh, they use UK charts because they're a long-running and reasonably consistent marker of success. Um, 
Stephen, I forget. Did you have a song on the UK charts, or or was that? Uh, the... I, I did, but people people just probably haven't heard of it before. You know what, Stephen? Do you know? <laughs> do you remember that when you were in a band, I played your music on the radio show at UNSW when I was the radio host there? Do you remember one of your early bands? So, Honestly, I, I really six... don't remember that, but that's amazing. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I never never received any royalties for that. Uh, um, maybe. Oh no, no, that's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, uh, we'll, we'll move on from that. Discussion. <laughs> it was it was free, freely contributed to to the podcast. But you know, you, you you had your own fame within university campuses from your music. It was well listened to. So that's that's one note. Um, anyways, these these uh, authors they um, yeah collected data from 1956 when the UK charts began until the end of 2007. The first number one song. Uh, was by Frank Sinatra's uh, Swing Lovers. Do you know it, Stephen? I do. I'm not oh, going to okay. sing it for Hold you. I, I wish you did, because I, I feel like it would be memorable, but I don't remember it. It's a science podcast, not a singing podcast. Well, <laughs> I thought if I, if I paused for long enough, you'd break into it. You couldn't resist. Okay, fair enough. And then uh, Leona Lewis's Spirit on the 18th of November 2007. Do you know that one? No, I don't. Okay, maybe we should have Googled these songs. uh, (laughs) Yeah, but either way. Anyway, so they obtained the data from Wikipedia uh, using the lists of number one albums. uh, And they essentially used this to aggregate the participants in their study. And then for each musician, they recorded their date of birth, date of number one and date of death. And then they used statistics to sort of assess whether they were more likely to die uh, at the age of 27 than not. Ultimately, what they found was that there was no increased risk of death of musicians at the age of 27. And, and although those who were famous, they were more likely to die between the ages of 20 and 40. Um, so there was an increased risk of death in early life. But 27 in itself was of no noticeable reasons or mechanisms driving that. Um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts, Stephen? Does that surprise you? Did- oh, the, I, I, look, the results aren't surprising to me at all. I just I like how stringent this test was. It's, I think it's a pretty clever way to answer it, like a fairly ordinary, simple, uninspiring question <laughs> of like, do people right. actually really die at twenty seven by some weird, mysterious circumstance? Like, no, I don't, mm. I don't think. I never thought you know God was smiting people down at twenty seven or, or anything like that. Um, <laughs> But, but, you know, like, the, and the paper touches on it. I, I think there is, um, you know, ob- obviously some element of increased risk-taking, um, mm. you know, as around that 26, 27, 28 age, I think um, that's when you've, you know, musicians, particularly back in, back in the times when, you know, deaths at 27 were more prevalent, um, you know, by that stage, 26, 27, you've got a lot of money and you're starting to feel really invincible. You're starting to feel like you're not just an ordinary person. And so mm-hmm. you, you're just going to go for it if there's an opportunity to do something like, I don't know, heroin, whatever, whatever, whatever the, the risk taking opportunity is. Well, so you're, you're noting drug use. I've mm-hmm. pulled up the purported 27 club members on Wikipedia and filtered it by cause of death or ordered it by fo- uh, cause of death. Mm. So you, drug taking, yes, is is one of the key ones. So drug overdose is how many of these uh, people have died. Uh, do you have any suspicions as to what other reasons are cause of death? That's a good question. I don't, I don't have any suspicions. Let's take a stab in the dark, um, box falling on head. 
<laughs> box it's, uh, there's there's no box falling on the head unfortunately okay. there are um the common ones i see are car accidents so mm-hmm. it doesn't really give information around the car accidents uh, i wonder whether that's tied to you know, drug use while driving or whatnot mm-hmm. um but yeah car accidents is there uh the other one was which i found surprising but i guess I don't, I'm not sure. Murder was was one that was quite commonly arising, and um, yeah, not sure how yeah. that links. Yeah, why? Well, I, I think I need to look at these specific people. I mean, I know all of like three people on this list have, who are there, and then uh, less. Uh, yeah, and then other causes: suicide, um, plane crashes were one. Um, yeah, so horse riding accident for one person, um, electrocution for another. So, but like the most common ones are drug use, car accidents, um, and murder. So, mm. there you go. Can, can you see mm. on this list anywhere that's sort of close to to natural causes or or potentially suicide? Not that. Uh, well, so the, yeah, there's some for suicide. Mm. There's about around seven to ten that seem to be suicide. Mm. None that say natural causes, and I would yeah. suspect that's because they're dying at 27, and there's not many natural causes to take someone out at at 27. And um, one thing that was interesting as well to me was I wondered what the limit of the person who's been in the 27 club is, like 27 and how many days to be involved. <laughs> Uh, any any interesting interesting hypotheses? What do you think? Out yeah, three hundred sixty five days. How close do we get? <laughs> I, I reckon the closer you get to twenty eight, the more more likely you are to, to die in that period. Yeah, well, yeah. that's true. Yeah, uh, the but the uh, closest one that there were was um, twenty seven years, three hundred sixty three days. Oh so, wow, nearly yeah, made it. Someone, <laughs> yeah, someone really got in there. Oh, and actually. Um, what is the, I guess it says 27 years and 12 days is the hmm. uh, youngest in there. So, yeah, but the notable people or people that I'm aware of um, was, who was it? Kurt Cobain was there and uh, Jimi Hendrix, 27 yeah. years, 295 days was him. Those Asphyxia, are the big ones. Judah, drug use, yeah. So, I guess, I guess sort of the, the, the big question on my mind um, is... Mm you know, heading into this kind of psychological aspects of it, do you think that when really famous people like Jimi Hendrix and Kurt Cobain die at 27, that there is sort of an inclination for other people who want to pursue similar paths to then start living more recklessly or even just develop a sort of belief that they are going to die at that time and then potentially like weaken their, you know, immune system in some way? I don't, I, look, was, but, I, don't, I don't. Was disease even on that on that sort of list? Was that a high ranking cause of death? Uh, diseases, I, I didn't see any in particular, unless mm. you, you know, count cancer as you know, non communicable disease. But like, not right. not typical diseases that we'd see there. Um, I, I'd say, yeah, I, I, I'd I'd be curious to know uh, the psyche or the mindset of people. I mean, what's interesting here is if you were to 
sample the people who are not famous or who are moderately famous or if you have some sort of measure of fame that you could look down the list and see whether it's more likely across all these levels here it's only people who are deemed famous by having um, a, a, you know, a good song on a chart on the UK list so yeah I, I, I wouldn't know but I think it's interesting to to note that I think other other factors of relevance here is relating to human psychology is this idea of you know correlations right so correlation being the relationship between two or more variables and and um people often when they see these correlations it's it's sort of a natural human instinct to infer causation like for example a correlation is just when um how things can occur in the same way so for example uh the older you get typically you can um you're more likely to gain a bit of weight right particularly in the younger years so the as age increases weight increases so that's that's a positive correlation that we see there and and there's other correlations right that you could say every time you flick a switch a light turns off right so there there that's likely some correlation that's there but what's interesting to note is there's these things called spurious correlations and um, and spurious correlations are just correlations that exist they co-occur uh but they have no relationship to one another those two variables are actually not related so a popular one i teach students is um i think there's a really strong correlation between the uh, number of drownings and Nicolas Cage when Nicolas Cage releases a movie <laughs> and there's a similar one of um, right. number of drownings and ice cream sales and so you think well what's going on here well it's it, it's unlikely that you know Nicolas Cage releasing a movie or ice cream sales is causing people to drown in the ocean but it's more likely that maybe his movies are being released in summertime or ice cream sales are higher in summertime people are more likely to go into the ocean or pools in summertime and so drownings are more likely to occur but we see this correlation occur and without that information you think that they're causally related and so the whole point of this is to emphasize how correlation does not mean causation even though naturally when we see things co-occur such as you flick a switch and the light turns on and off or whatnot and we assume that it's causally related but this isn't the case and so i think in some respects here there's that correlation element of people and confirmation bias every time they see someone who's 27 who dies like oh that's more likely to be related to the 27 club but it's from this research shows that there's no relationship there yeah, well, look, I hope this kind of research doesn't become, you know, t too, too much of the norm because our beliefs in like sort of correlation as opposed to identifying causation is kind of what makes life fun. What I'm getting at is like, <laughs> <laughs> if you if you think for whatever reason that like patting your head is going to yield, you know, a, a more tasty meal at dinner time go ahead every night like pat your head before you <laughs> eat your dinner that's fun why not is, try it well this is sort of the opposite <laughs> of what we try to propose in science we we try to understand the causal mechanisms driving associations we, we don't want to you, you wouldn't I, I i'd argue that you know maybe try not patting your head and see if the <laughs> that tasty meal arises irrespective <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, 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 for sure <laughs> 
particularly with uh, with, yeah. with more serious things and that's uh, that's that's the beauty of science mm. um it's it's really so I, what, 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 sorry go on. what would you say Stephen, to the 14 year old you that uh, if you were to read this paper i mean does it change your your life trajectory much i mean well, the young boy who is idolizing members of the 27 club what would you say to him now with this evidence and understanding of correlation causation in mind oh, look I, I wouldn't try to change him i think uh, at the time the, the fantasies <laughs> were, 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 were fun and uh clearly at some <laughs> yeah. point along the way i realized that i wasn't um, all that keen to to get famous and, and die um because mm-hmm. look at me now running a science podcast at, <laughs> during my, <laughs> yeah, during my like... lunch break as a, as a lawyer so yeah uh, there you go. You know, there you go. The uh, ultimate fame, really, is is being a science podcaster. So yeah. there you go. And um, in saying you, that, Stephen, yeah. Oh, oh I th- sorry. I, th- yeah, I, th- I thought I might get get some of your your uh, final thoughts and key takeaways before we wrap up. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's it's an interesting question. It's it's I, I think it's a, a useful question to address in the context of highlighting how information can just sort of transmit in the public and become semi-factual without being scientifically investigated, right? I wonder how many, I'd be curious to canvas like the number of people who A, are aware of this and B, believe it to be somewhat true and and uh, whether they think it, it's driven by the risky lifestyle that many people live who are famous, I'm not sure. But I think it, it really shows the importance of science in all aspects of life. And so, yeah, I guess, I guess that's my takeaway. It's very optimistic view of science it's Go beautiful science. <laughs> it is beautiful um but i was eager to have you play us out with something because i see the piano behind you i mean i sure whatever <laughs> sure, sure no i'd well, love for one of these days for you to be enthusiastic <laughs> about the outro <laughs> well 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 my my wife is in the in the room next to me in, in a rather important oh meeting. right um so yeah. i'm limited but i've got a little uh, kombucha tin that i can you're flicking a kombucha tin. I don't. I don't think that qualifies. That okay, I'll, I'll settle for instrument. you singing whatever the name of that Frank Sinatra song was <laughs> at the start. Don't know the if you could give me just melody. just just a line of that. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, right. there will be no singing. Okay. So, All right. No worries. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll let the listeners <laughs> sing, or or the, you can listen back to one of our many episodes where Steve does do an outro, and they're usually much better than him flicking a kombucha can. If you're interested <laughs> in this paper and want to read read further, as as always, the links to the paper are in the description of the podcast below, and um, in the in the title of the podcast, you can hit us up on socials. If you have uh, more, more often, email if you have a particular paper or topic you want to learn more about or or have us cover. We're always uh, seeking interesting topics hmm. um i mean even even myself i was uh i've recently uh, i know we're trying to wrap up the pod but i've recently done uh, been doing cold cold showers and really? um i remember we did a cold shower episode a few episodes back hmm. so I, I i was like i forget what the findings were for that so i actually listened back to that to rather than read the paper just uh, get a sense of what the literature was and um yeah it's been it was it was undecided, which was uh, underwhelming. <laughs> a lot, a lot like of the papers that, that we've done have have that kind of result. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it's the nature of science. It's it's there's many things to consider, but it was it was it was nice nice to listen back to it. So. We we've done so many episodes. I I look back every so often. I'm like, wow, I don't remember doing any of them. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it's all the illicit drugs, psychoactive substances, you know. <laughs> maybe. We, we started in 2019, almost five years ago, Stephen. So um, yeah. in mid-2019, we actually had unofficial episodes that didn't make the air before then. That's true. Uh, because yeah, we were just trying to find our groove. But here mm-hmm. we are in the groove. This is yeah. us five years later. I would. I, would, I feel like we need to acknowledge the uh, the... National Institute of Science. What was the organization <laughs> that we used to thank every time? Yeah, when I was doing my PhD at A and U. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm now a lecturer at the University of Canberra, so uh, I can acknowledge acknowledge them. Uh, okay. I, I don't feel the need to acknowledge. We we used to acknowledge Lyft and Ice Tea. I mean, I, I don't think our outro should just be us trying to remember poorly all the stuff we used to do in our previous episodes from four or five making, years ago. I think it's great content. Oh, fair enough, fair enough, fair well, enough. Well, if you've made we'll it see. this far, um, um, you clearly love the podcast uh, or you have nothing else to do with your life. Um, so please oh, yeah. uh, feel free to just email us at midnightconversationspodcast.gmail.com with your paper ideas or feedback or yep. criticisms. And Sorry, so. I didn't know you were talking to the listeners. I thought you were talking to me that I love the podcast. I was like, yeah, I do love the podcast. <laughs> That's what I think. All right. Hope everyone's found this interesting. And uh, yeah, see you guys next time. See you next time.